0: from St. Louis Public Radio.
1: This is St. Louis on the Air. What do you think was the secret to her success that she could get all these people from these small municipalities and even different political parties um, all on the same page? I I think it was honesty. Uh,
0: What you you saw was what you got. I don't think she, she didn't play games. Hmm. You know, pitting one person against another, another community against another community. In this district, in this first district, there are 40 municipalities. That's a feat in itself.
1: I'm Sarah Fenske. This Friday, Hazel Irby will be laid to rest. The former county councilwoman died last week on July 2nd. She suffered from pancreatic cancer. She was 75. Hazel Irby was a trailblazer, the first black woman elected to the St. Louis County Council. She was first appointed to her seat after Charlie Dooley was elected county executive. That was in 2004. She held the position for 15 years before joining the administration of county executive Sam Page two years ago. In her political career, Hazel Irby was notably outspoken about corruption, as Marquise Govan recalled yesterday. Marquise is an 18-year-old St. Louis County resident. He's considered one of Hazel Irby's political protégés. He's an organizer, an activist, and also a distant relative of Hazel Irby's.
2: She is my great aunt's mother-in-law. Um, and You know, I I really got to understand the importance of her work around Ferguson, and there became a time where she became this lone voice on the county council to fight public corruption in St. Louis County. You know, at a time when Steve Stinger was at the height of his political career, where the council um, was called by was controlled by his allies. You know, Ms. Irby was the lone voice pointing out the pay-to-play, pointing out um, disparities um, within the county as it relates to race and and working-class people in this county, Um, really talking about many of the issues um, that were taking place as it relates to how county government was being ineffective and not actually improving people's lives.
1: And that is Marquise Govan, Remembering the Life of Hazel Irby. And our guest today is a woman who found herself filling some big shoes in 2019. That's when she won election to fill the seat that Hazel Irby had just vacated. And that woman is, of course, Councilwoman Rita Hurd-Days. She's also the chair of the St. Louis County Council. So, Chairwoman Days, welcome.
0: Thank you very much, uh Sarah. I appreciate this opportunity
1: and I'm so sorry for your loss. Has it been hard to accept the fact that that Hazel Irby is gone?
0: Well, it's been very, very difficult. um, uh, you know, I was saying to one of my uh friends that uh, when I was elected, Hazel got me this huge plant, and shortly after thereafter came covid and uh, I said, "Oh no, I can't leave this plant in the office." Uh, you know, because we don't know when we'll be back. So I took the plant home, and I've been nursing it and <laughs> trying to keep it alive, you know, all these times. But it, it was just an um, an opportunity, again, to know how entangled our lives were. And uh, it was it's, it's a tremendous loss, tremendous loss to me and uh, to the St. Louis community as a whole.
1: So you mentioned how entangled your lives were. I'm wondering if you can even remember back when you first met her. You know that's hard to say. I know
0: it's been over twenty years hmm. uh, that I've known her, and I really can't put my finger on the exact time uh, that we met. But it was um, it was. Uh, both of us looks like we started our political careers later in life, after children, after you know having uh, our families kind of solidified, and that's when we were both kind of thrust into uh, this business. I again, like she was, I didn't wake up and said, you know, I'm going to start a career in politics, and so I think both of us came into this sort of like an accident, if you will, but uh, you know, it's good work, and again, it it, it goes to that. People who really like to do this work or good at this work are nece- not necessarily uh, seek this kind of work, but it kind of is. It kind of comes to us anyway.
1: Yeah, that work finds you. So she was somebody uh, you don't hear people talk about that she had ambition for herself. She more had things she wanted to accomplish,
0: particularly for younger people. Uh, she was as as she ate she said you know we need to get younger people involved we need younger people involved in the in the uh, committee work uh, and, and people involved in actually younger people involved in running for office and so that's how she kind of mentored uh, particularly young people she now has a uh, committee man Farrakhan Chagog. he is a, a young dynamic man uh, that wants to do the good thing and he's looked up to her looked up to me and so that's kind of the way she wanted uh, her legacy to be. I'm going to make sure that there are people to follow along, younger people with different and new ideas. And I think that was part of her legacy. Mm -hmm. That is part of her legacy.
1: The other thing people really talk about with her legacy is what we heard Marquise talk about earlier, that she would not put up with corruption even when so many other people were willing to go along with the status quo. Why was that for her, do you think? I think that's an ethic... That very few
0: people in this business have anymore. Mm. Uh, you know, you, it, it's a get along, you know, to go along to get along, that kind of attitude. And that just was not who she was. Uh, if she had to stand alone, I heard Mark Queese say that. If she had to stand alone, uh, she was willing to do that. And, and she did not uh, yield to the pressures of, you know, everybody else is doing it and, you know, you need to come along and, and, and that kind of thing. And so I think it's the ethics. Uh, uh, that she had uh, for this business, it made her continue to do the right thing when it was the, when it was appropriate to do the right thing. And in her in her vision, that was always uh, uh, the appropriate thing to do.
1: And that meant, in some some very prominent cases, bucking her own political party. Um, she famously refused to endorse Steve Stenger, a fellow Democrat, after he beat Charlie Dooley in a very ugly Democratic primary. She formed this Fannie Lou Hamer Democratic Coalition of St. Louis. She Backed the Republican instead. That must have set off some alarm in some circles. People, I'm sure, couldn't believe she'd done that.
0: Well, I'm I'm sure uh, that uh, that's kind of what they thought. But we 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 see the outcome and what the outcome of that was. Uh, but it, it was it was it was like I cannot condone doing the wrong thing. And uh, you know the way he came into um, power. Most of us were solid uh, Charlie Dooley supporters. And, uh, you know, we thought that this was the appropriate thing to do. You know, we have this incumbent here. Why would you not go with him? And uh, he had done a good job. And so she just felt that absolutely I'm not going to I'm not going to support someone because they have uh, a political affiliation. And, uh, and so what happened, We uh, she I'm not a member of the organization, but uh, I know that they did support a Republican uh, for that uh, that seat.
1: And Councilwoman Days, I'm thinking of your own ascension to the chair of the county council. You ended up building a coalition that included both Democrats and Republicans. Um, as you won that chair, were you inspired a bit by Hazel Irby's willingness to find allies where she could? Absolutely. When you find allies that want to do the right thing, parties
0: should not come into play there. It's a, it's about doing what is appropriate, what is right, and at that particular time, that's what I thought. And so I will tell you that the uh, the, the the overwhelming support that our coalition received. You know, you had black, you had white, you had men, you had women, uh, you had Democrats and Republican, Republican, and and I think that's. That's what people are looking for these days. They're looking for that on the national level. You know, our president is trying to do that,
1: and I don't see any difference in that and the local level as well. Hmm. So we heard earlier from one of her young protégés, sounds like one of of several protégés, this is Marquise Govan, and he told us he has a certain reverence, those were his words, certain reverence for Hazel Irby's leadership.
2: I mean, this woman brought together... Several, like, I, if anybody knows of how many mayors and city council people and older people um, there are in, in all these tiny St. Louis municipalities in North St. Louis County, she brought all of these people together, all of these black and Democratic officials, to be an electoral behemoth in a way. Like, these folks were not operating in cohesion before her leadership. Um, And so not only is the importance of her work in government important, but, like, her work around just the politics in St. Louis County, I mean, made her a juggernaut. I mean, this was not something that anyone had even thought of um, before she, you know, founded Fannie Lou, uh, along with others. But, you know, that turned out to be a really effective strategy at getting the the needs and and concerns of, people in North County heard.
1: And that is Marquise Govan. He's talking there about how she could bring people together. And this is such a fractured region that's been just such a problem in St. Louis for so many years. What do you think was the secret to her success that she could get all these people from these small municipalities and even different political parties um, all on the same page? I I think it was honesty. Uh, what What you saw was what you got
0: I don't think she she didn't play games uh, with information. She didn't play games with you know pitting one person against another, another community against another community. In this district, in this first district, there are forty municipalities, whole and part of forty municipalities, and that's a feat in itself to bring all these folks together. But I I think. Her message to them was, we cannot do this singly, people. We are not getting what we need to do individually. So let's coalesce around issues that are pertinent to our communities. Let's work around those kinds of activities that we need to move forward so that we can bring the best and the brightest to this first council district.
1: Hmm. So she left that council district uh, to go work for County Executive Sam Page. Um, He hired her to be his Director of Diversity City equity inclusion. They ended up having a bitter falling out. He fired her. She filed a lawsuit alleging she was fired for blowing the whistle on the county's failure to honor minority and women set-asides. What do you think happened there in their relationship? What, what went wrong? Again, Hazel is not
0: tolerating and would not tolerate uh, deception she would not tolerate dishonesty, and so when, when she was in a position, she was going to do exactly what her, dish, her, her position required her to do, and that is to look, look at the diversity, look at uh, how resources were equi- equitably distributed, and that was not happening. And so um, this county executive, I, I'm, I'm assuming, had the conversation, and I don't think she was going to bend on that. Hmm. She said it's not happening. If it's not happening, we need to make it happen. And uh, I think that was caused that caused a, a major rub there.
1: Do you think she regretted leaving her elected office for this job that it, it ended up ending so badly? I don't think she did. I will tell you that I offered on several
0: occasions. If you really want this back, <laughs> I can step aside and let you do this. I made that offer on several occasions. and She said, no, I need you there. I need you doing exactly what you're doing right now, so continue on. Uh, and, and I knew that uh, at that time she uh, she was ill. We all knew that she was ill at that time. and uh, But she she was very, very concerned about making sure that the first district had excellent representation. That's no pat on my back, but that's what she thought. And so I I was honored that she felt that I could continue and carry on in that way.
1: So thinking about St. Louis County right now, what do you see as the big issue or just a couple issues that Hazel Irby really cared about that require more work that we should all be paying attention to if we want to honor her legacy?
0: Well, I will tell you that one big thing that came out with this COVID situation was the fact that we did not have good mental health care for a lot of people and she brought that to the table i don't i don't know if there are many people considered that uh the impact that covid was having on the mental stability of everybody and which included the children and she wanted to make sure that there were monies uh, uh allocated for that i don't think we're where we need to be yet on that, uh, we are still having record numbers of suicides and, uh, you know, just mental health um, issues that people are having, and, and we're not there yet. And so that's something that we need to continue uh, to work on because this is not over. We talk about the Delta variant coming. It's not over yet, and I, I think that we need to be mindful of how this is affecting people to be a year with little contact with other people, a year of limited uh, resources in the area, uh, I, I think that has taken a tremendous toll on the citizens of St. Louis County and we have to do something we have to do better about that.
1: So we've talked today about her political legacy in our final question here, I want to bring it back to something more personal. I understand you also consider Hazel Irby an example when it comes to family. What stands out to you on that front?
0: Oh, the family was. That that came first before any of this council before anything. She had a husband that was so totally devoted. It was just, it was, it was very, very humbling uh, to see uh, how he took care of her. Uh, He supported her, whatever it was that she wanted to do. He was there a thousand percent, as well as her children and grandchildren. And so it was uh, the, the family was just paramount. And, and she felt that that's the backbone of whatever society we're going to have. If you don't have a solid
1: family, then it's for naught. Mm. Well, that's an important thing to remember as we think about her life today. St. Louis County Council Chair Ritter Herd-Days, thank you so much for joining us and, and sharing about her life.
0: You are quite welcome and thank you.
1: St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. If you learned something new from today's episode, consider leaving us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the easiest way to help people discover our show. We appreciate it. Thank you.